I am vengeance. I am the night. I am. Matthew Barris here. And welcome to Enter the Bat Cave. And got me some Mountain Dew here. More importantly, some Mountain Dew Baja. Baja Blast, which of course is a tropical lime flavor. And I got a gold, which is pineapple. So I'm going to mix them both. And for today's episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my top 10 favorite Batman movies of all time. Yep. And of course, really, top 10 really doesn't do it real justice. I mean, there are some other Batman movies that I like, but they just didn't make the top 10 as I'm mixing my Mountain Dews together here. Huh. And, of course, there are some uh, honorable mentions I want to get into, so I'll get into those before I get into the official top ten. First, let me take a swig here. That's good. Now, for the uh, honorable mentions of um, Batman movies, there's Batman Ninja. Yep, the um, anime movie. I mean, I did a uh, watch along for that. It was a great. You know, a great anime film. You know, I love ninjas. I love martial arts. And it really does, um, you know, delve into Batman's um, ninjutsu. You know, his, um, you know, his history with ninjutsu. I mean, we all seen in the comics and in the TV series and also in the movies that he is a ninjutsu practitioner as well as a practitioner of many different martial arts. And... You know, it was a good movie, you know, I mean, seeing some of the rogues gallery villains in there, we had Catwoman, we had Two-Face, we had Penguin, Poison Ivy, the Joker, and Harley Quinn. Uh, we also saw a brief appearance by Bane. <laughs> and also there was the Voltron thing, you know, where, you know, we see the the houses, you know, turn mechanical and stuff, which is kind of weird because they're in, like, uh, old century Japan, but, nah, it is what it is. And, nonetheless, it's a, you know, it's a great film, and highly recommend for anyone who is a fan of ninja films and of anime movies, period. And next we have, uh, the Son of Batman. Yep, and pretty soon I'll do a review of The Son of Batman. Um, pretty soon. I'll do a watch-along for that. And The Son of Batman, of course, um, that's the one where it is revealed that um, Talia al Ghul, um, you know, drugged Batman and then, of course, um, got him to impregnate her and then turns out that he has son Damien yep Damien Wayne and of course uh, 
Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows, they are um, betrayed by Slade, who goes on to be Deathstroke. And now Bruce um, trains him to be the next Robin. And it's a good movie, you know, I mean, of course, in the comics, you know, we, we know the origins of Damian Wayne, and it really goes to show, you know, it really does show, like, how he comes to be, and also shows him struggling with being, you know, uh, an assassin, and also being, you know, a superhero, because, like, he is trained to be the ultimate assassin, you know, I mean, but at the same time, he is the son of the Batman, and Batman's trying to teach him right from wrong. And it's, you know, a good movie, you know, uh, first of the Batman, you know, uh, trilogy. Um, there's another one, uh, Batman versus Robin. That's the one that has the, um, you know, the Court of Owls and, you know, the Court of Owls try to recruit uh, Robin, Damian Wayne. And the Court of Owls has been... Um, talked about in comics you know secret society and you know it hasn't really been um talked about in the live action uh batman films i mean that'd be something that i would love to see at some point um you know if they um you know especially with the new batman movies that they're that they're making right now you know with robert patterson so uh that's something i i would love to see And then also the last of that trilogy, we have Batman uh, Bad Blood, where we see, um, you know, where we see Batman, you know, the whole Bat family. We see um, Batwing, we see Bat uh, Woman, Kathy Kane. And of course, at the end, we see Batgirl. <laughs> and. Uh, Bad Blood is a, you know, very good movie. You know, we also see um, Talia Al Ghul, um, you know, trying to use Batman, trying to, you know, manipulate him into, into becoming evil. And of course, we all know eventually how that ends up. And, you know, it, actually, I enjoyed uh, this one more than I enjoyed Batman versus Robin. I mean, Batman versus Robin is good, but I, but I liked. Uh, you know, bad blood much better, and it's, and also if you get it on DVD and Blu-ray, uh, they talk about, you know, the, you know, fight sequences, you know, the history of fight sequences with Batman and the anim, in the animated films and the animated series and stuff, and, you know, martial arts, and they really get into it and how they make the fight scenes come together, and the creators, you know, they draw their inspiration from like, you know, Mark you know, like martial arts films, mixed martial arts, you know, and, and stuff. So, um, so yeah, you know, and that's the other thing, you know, the fight scenes in the Batman animated films, you know, are really awesome, you know, I mean, you know, they really are good fight scenes, you know, they've been, um, you know, they've been just tremendous, you know, these past uh, several years. So, nonetheless, good movie, definitely worth watching. And 
Finally, uh, another honorable mention is The Batman. Yep, The Batman. And I'm glad that I finally got to see this movie, and it was wonderful. I loved it. You know, it goes into Batman's, like, it only is, like, second year as a, um, you know, as a crime fighter. And, you know, it also delves more into his family's history, you know, especially with the Falcones and, you know, Maronis and and stuff. And um, Zoe Kravis, uh, she did a tremendous job as Catwoman, loved her in that. And, you know, my... Um, my family members, when they saw it, they were a bit confused, but, um, you know, but I was like, well, you know, it, you know, you have to follow the story, you know, more, and I told her, like, and I told him, like, well, it delves into Batman's second year. It's only his second year being a crime fighter, so he's not quite polished yet, and then they looked at it again and went, oh, now I understand, so, and of course, there's going to be a sequel, and I can't wait to see what they um what they do with the sequel i mean of course uh we saw it by the end we all know that the joker is going to be a part of it so um that's going to lead to something interesting so definitely looking forward to that and now we're going to get into the top 10 countdown all right so here we are with the top 10 countdown Coming in at number 10, it is Batman Begins. Yep. The Nolan movie that restarted Batman's uh, legacy in films. It made Batman a household name in movies again. And I remember seeing this in theaters with my brother. And I enjoyed it. And I still enjoyed the movie to this day, um, and of course, uh, you know, we, you know, really borrowed heavily from, you know, year one, um, yeah, more so, uh, year one and, um, and the long Halloween, um, though, um, though, uh, there are some elements of, you know, dark, you know, like Dark Knight Returns and some other comics like, uh, you know, The Man Who Falls as well. And, you know, Katie Holmes, she did a great job as uh, Rachel Dawson as well, you know, and, um, you know, just tremendous job. And I almost wish that she was uh, brought back, you know, for, for Rachel and also i loved the tumblr the tumblr was awesome you know like that was like a very futuristic batmobile you know you know i mean that was i mean the way that it was designed the way it was looked and you know you know driving off rooftops i mean it was i mean it was awesome you know i loved that batmobile and also, uh, I love the fight scenes as well. You know, I like the KC uh, fighting method, you know, that was used in in the movie, you know, throughout the entire Nolan series. And um, it really brought a new um, form of martial art to the big screen because, you know, 
we had seen like you know muay thai we've seen kickboxing karate taekwondo kung fu and here you know we got to see a new hybrid martial art and of course it was also used in um, one of the mission impossible movies as well so um you know it was just tremendous and christian bell did a damn good job as batman as well you know i mean um i mean he was just awesome in that in that film and you know i really bought him as uh as batman yeah i really bought him as batman and i thought he did a great job <clears throat> number nine the dark knight uh, the Dark Knight, you know, was was awesome as well, and I actually uh, saw the sequel in theaters with uh, my brother and uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law and her um, her daughter, and you know, I mean, it was, I mean, it was just, uh, it was great. It was also scary at the same time, you know. I mean, the part where like the Joker cut a um, you know, cut a new mouth in uh, one of the gangsters' uh, face, you know, played by Michael Jai White. I mean, like, it was like, whoa, shit. And it was also scary when, um, and I still get a little scary, get scared a little bit whenever I see the scene where, um, you know, the guy opens up the window and all of a sudden we see the guy in a Batman suit, he's dead, he's got the Joker's smile on it. And... You know, and Heath Ledger, you know, looking at his performance in that, and you can see why, um, you know, he deserved to win that Oscar. And, and you know, um, when he won the Oscar, I actually remember that. You know, I remember watching that, and I was just like, wow, you know, this is great. You know, a superhero movie finally won the Oscar. Granted, it was because of a supporting... Um, you know, role, but, um, still, nonetheless, a superhero movie won the Oscars, and I actually thought that, um, that Maggie Gyllenhaal should have gotten, um, nominated for her role as, um, as Rachel as well, you know, uh, I thought that she should have been nominated as well, because, uh, she did a tremendous job as, uh, Rachel taking over the role for Katie Holmes, but, uh, you know, she, um, she unfortunately didn't, and, you know, it's also sad that she was, uh, killed as well, you know, that was, that was a shame that she, you know, that she died, and, um, Aaron Eckhart, uh, he did a tremendous job as well as Two-Face, and, <clears throat> and, of course, I remember when, um, when they were gonna do the sequel, um, there was actually a rumor that, um, that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to play Two-Face. And, um, you know, I would have loved to see uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, as Two-Face. I would have loved to see him as uh, that character. You know, I mean, because I think Jake Gyllenhaal would have made for a great... Um, you know, I think he would have made for, for a great Two-Face. You know, and I still think he still can to this day. You know, if... Um, you know, maybe in... You know, when they do some other Batman sequels, uh, maybe we'll see him as uh, Two-Face. It's not too late in the game for him to play that role. 
But nonetheless, uh, The Dark Knight was awesome. I also loved the motorcycle, too. You know, I mean, to, I mean that motorcycle is big, man. You know, and I mean, just tremendous. I mean, I don't know how you can steer that thing. But uh, yeah, it's a great movie, great sequel, Love Dead. Definitely worth watching. And finally, at number eight, uh, Dark Knight Rises. A lot of people didn't particularly like this film. I liked it. I thought it was great. Um, the only thing I didn't really like was the portrayal of Bane, you know, giving Bane, like, a British accent um, when he's uh, South American, you know. And Bane has never really been portrayed well in the con in the movies. I mean, he's portrayed well on the TV series and, you know, the animated series and in the comics, but uh, in the movies, it's like they can never really get it right with him. I mean, granted, the fight scene were awesome, you know, with Bane and Batman, but still, it was just, uh, you know, giving him a British accent and then making him, like, the son of Ra's al Ghul, it's just, uh, uh, that almost took me out of the movie. But nonetheless, uh, the rest of the movie was was awesome. You know, it did borrow from The Dark Knight Returns a bit, you know, with Batman being exiled, like being in retirement and then coming back and and stuff like that. And it was, um, yeah, it was just tremendous. You know, it was tremendous. You know, I loved it. Uh, I didn't see this in theaters. I saw it, um, I actually saw it when it was on HBO. When if I was on HBO, I saw it on HBO On Demand. And, you know, it was, um, you know, it was a good movie. I loved it. And actually, I haven't seen that movie in, in a while. I think I'll add that to my list of uh, Batman movies to watch for uh, my Batman um, marathon next week. Well, in a few weeks. Yeah, because in a few weeks um a couple weeks i'm gonna be doing a batman um marathon i'm you know where i'm gonna be binge watching um you know batman movies you know friday saturday and sunday and i'll get into more on that after i'm done with my list and it does have something to do uh with the podcast in a few weeks all right moving on number seven the only batman beyond movie that has ever been made batman beyond return of the joker and i remember getting this movie on vhs and i watched it like a thousand times and um and you know at that time batman beyond was uh was on the air and you know it was really a continuation of batman the animated series and you know, that's the one where the Joker, you know, he comes back after, you know, decades being in exile. And, of course, we later on find out he's, you know, he was planted in the in a microchip inside the, you know, the vein of um, Tim Drake. We see an older Tim Drake. And, um, you know, Terry McGinnis as the new Batman tries to stop him. And... This was the, you know, like I said, this was the only Batman Beyond movie that was uh, ever made. Uh, I heard that there was supposed to be another one, but it never got made. And, and of course, um, I, a few years back, I heard that they were trying to do um, a Batman Beyond movie. They were, 
they were trying to do an, another Batman Beyond movie, and or I think it was either going to be a live action or they were going to do like another animated remake. And I that's something I would love love to see again. You know, I'd love to see another uh, continuation of Batman Beyond because you know bringing Batman into the future and um, you know seeing an older Bruce Wayne, you know, pass down the um, you know pass down you know, the cape and cowl, you know, to an, to a, to a much younger man, you know, is just awesome, and, you know, I mean, Will Freddle, um, who, of course, we all know as the, uh, older brother from, um, Boy Meets World, uh, he did a tremendous, uh, job as Terry McGinnis, and, you know, I used to watch that, series a lot as a kid and it's still one of my favorite um series you know growing up as a kid you know so um so yeah batman beyond return of the joker definitely worth watching especially for mark hamill i mean mark hamill as the joker never disappoints yeah he just never disappoints and coming in at number six Batman Forever. Yep, Batman Forever. And I remember as a little kid in elementary school wanting to see this movie so bad. And I eventually I saw it in theaters. And also, around that time, um, the song Kiss from a Rose uh, came out. And I used to sing that song a lot as a kid. I mean, whenever that song came out, I would always belt that song, song out. And... Take another swig here. I mean, that song was like everywhere, and I used to sing that a whole lot, you know. And um, you know, it is kind of cheesy nowadays, you know, but it's still a good song to you know to sing and stuff. Also, um, of course, that's when Schumacher took over the Batman series from Tim Burton. And because, as we all know, and I and I talked about this in my anniversary episode of Batman Returns, you know, because of um, you know the the backlash from the parents and losing the McDonald's deal, um, Tim Burton was booted off the series, and in came Joel Schumacher. And Schumacher, at this time, he had done uh, Saint Elmo's Fire, he had done um, Lost Boys with the two Corys. So, you know, he had somewhat of a reputation, you know, for making good films. So he was brought in for Batman Forever, trying to make, uh, you know, the Batman trilogy more uh, friendly towards children. You know, they were basically going back to the old um, 60s Adam West um, TV series, which they were trying to get away from in the beginning, you know, because... You know, in the beginning, when they were making uh, Batman back in 1989, you know, the only thing they knew about Batman, you know, was Pow, Zap, and Wham. I mean, granted, the comics had changed, you know, but um, it was still very much in the minds of everyone else, you know, you know, Pow, Zap, and Wham, you know, the old TV series. And, of course, the comics, you know, got a little darker, you know, we saw with Year One, Dark Knight Returns, and um, also Killing Joke. 
as well. Can't forget about that. And so the movies tried to reflect that. And of course, it got a huge backlash uh, from Batman Returns. And thus, they made Batman Forever a little more uh, kid-friendly. That's when we first saw the bat nipples and, oh, God. Oh, jeez, the bat nipples. Uh, I don't want nipples on my superhero's costume. I don't want it. Damn it. And, of course, that eventually led to... Uh, Batman and Robin, and of course I did a fantasy casting um, episode for that one, and that movie just sucked ass and eventually just killed the the trilogy. That just killed that just killed the franchise. It, it killed it. That's the franchise killer. So fuck Joel Schumacher for that. But it, but Batman Forever is um, it's still a good movie. You know we see the origin of Robin. And Chris O'Donnell does a great job as Robin. Val Kilmer did an, an okay job as Batman. You know, the thing about Batman Forever is that um, more people will like Batman, will watch Batman Forever than watch um, Batman and Robin. You know, Batman Forever, I mean, it, it made money at the at the box office and, and what have you. And, you know, the thing about Batman forever it's an okay batman movie it's not the best batman movie but it's not the worst batman movie it's more of an in-between um movie and you know val kilmer he did a good job as as batman chris o'donnell was great as robin uh nicole kidman shined as uh chase meridian i mean oh god nicole kidman was just so sexy in that movie and um Jim Carrey was hilarious as the Riddler, and that's when Jim Carrey was, like, at his peak, and, you know, he had just done, you know, the Ace Venturas and Dumb and Dumber, you know, he had done The Mask, and, you know, he was, um, you know, he was at his peak as a comedic actor, and, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, as Two-Face, um, you know, he was good, not great, but good in that in that movie, I mean, it's just that, you know, I still kind of wonder what would have happened if uh, Billy D. Williams had stayed on to become Two-Face, and, and of course, if you go back on my, um, you know, as I talked about uh, Batman, uh, you know, Batman Returns, you know, that episode, the 20th anniversary of, of it, or, no, wait, not 20th anniversary, but anyways, um, you know, I talked about how, like, Billy D. Williams was supposed to play uh, Harvey Dent and who would become Two-Face. And, you know, there was, like, many scripts, you know, with him, you know, becoming Two-Face. And then um, and I actually did an episode of where, what I thought would have happened if, um, you know, had I been in charge of Batman Returns and how, like, um, how Two-Face would have come about. And... Um, Two-Face, I mean, the Two-Face character, I mean, um, you know, since then, you know, he's kind of become a bit of a fan favorite, you know, mostly because of the animated series, um, but, um, and Aaron Eckhart did a great, did a great job in, uh, Dark, you know, in the Dark Knight, but, um, you know, I would love to see, um, you know, Two-Face, um, 
be better in in the later Batman films. You know, I'd like to see a much better uh, Two Face. Maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, like I said, it's not too late for him to be uh, Two Face. But nevertheless, Batman Forever. It's a good film. Not a great film, but a good film. And I highly recommend this one over Batman and Robin because Batman and Robin just sucks complete and utter ass. So there. And finally, we're going to get into the top five spot now. Coming in at number five, it is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And Mask of the Phantasm was my favorite as a kid because at that time, uh, Batman the Animated Series was on the air. And this was um, this was in theaters. I never got to see it in theaters, though I got to see it on VHS. I actually got it for my birthday. And, and also, um, I actually did a watch-along episode for that, and, you know, it really did borrow heavily from, um, you know, from year two, where, um, you know, Bruce, he falls in, in love with, um, you know, with a woman, you know, he falls in love with this woman, uh, Rachel, and, uh, you know, not Rachel Dawson, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be Rachel from year two, and, and of course, Rachel's father is, you know, the Reaper who was definitely the inspiration behind uh, the Phantasm. And, um, and of course, the Phantasm is a mass vigilante who goes around and killing people. And you can actually uh, check out my, um, my review of, um, of Year Two. You know, I did a comic book review of uh, Year Two. And Mask of the Phantasm has been called, like, the greatest Batman movie ever. And I can see why. Although, um, there is one Batman movie for me that is the greatest of all time. It's number one on my list, and we'll go into that later. But, um, you know, Batman Mask of the Phantasm really does delve into more Batman's past. You know, what he could have, you know, what he could have had. You know, with uh, Andrea Beaumont, you know, who would go on to become the Phantasm. And, you know, and it just shows how, like, one event really changed the course of their lives. You know, it's because, you know, the Joker murdered Andrea's parents. And, you know, what? And because of that, you know, well, of course, you know, the father was involved with the gangsters and what have you. And it's because of that, you know, Batman goes on to become the hero and the defender of Gotham City, and Andrea just goes on to become a murderer. And and it, and it's just amazing, you know. There's a love story. There's a lot of action as well, and um, you know, it just really delves also delves into the sadness of Batman too, you know, like we see at the end when he's, um, he's up on the building and he's looking into the night sky and, um, and it said in, in one of the scripts, you know, that, you know, he's a, you know, dark guardian over the city without pity. Um, you know, the city is all he has. And it really is true because it's like, you know, it's like, um, you know, all he has is the, you know, is the city of Gotham. 
you know, because, um, you know, it's like he's in a mission, you know, he's in a war, and it's not that he doesn't want relationships, he wants relationships, but it's just that, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's still war going on in the streets of Gotham, and Batman, you know, he has to go in at it alone, and thus, uh, he does not have time for relationships, and... And, you know, it's just, um, you know, even as a kid, you know, I really felt the, the pain of Batman there, you know, and you still feel it, you know, as an, as an adult, you know, and so that's why it's been called, you know, the greatest uh, Batman movie of all time by many critics. And also it does uh, follow the um, kind of the same kind of storyline of Batman Returns, you know, Batman being set up for a crime that he didn't commit and... But, and of course, just like Batman Returns, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like, you know, he's found not guilty, and then, you know, and it's like, everything's back to normal, though they never really, um, in the movie, they never really explain fully, um, how he was cleared of all charges, though there was one, um, novelization, one of the novelizations is that, uh, there was this, um, person who took a photograph and uh he sent it to the gotham times and and saw like a like a shadow like a picture of the phantasm and then it cleared batman's name so uh so we never but you know in the movie's um version and you know we never really get to find out how he's cleared of all the charges so you know kind of the same way in batman returns and it's one of those things where it's like okay it is what it is yeah but nonetheless, uh, still a great movie, and it's actually one it is actually the first animated Batman movie to be released by Warner Brothers. So um, not only that, but it's also the first animated movie in the DC universe. So um, for all you fans of the uh, DC animated movies, uh, you got you have this movie to thank, and definitely uh, check this one out. And speaking of Batman Returns. Batman Returns comes in at number four. Yep, this is the movie that got Tim Burton kicked off the um, the Batman franchise because of um, because of the Penguins. Um, yeah, because of the Penguins' appetite for unlimited pooting. <laughs> And then because of the, you know, the sexual uh, undertones, you know, with, the, you know, with Catwoman and, and of course I talked about how, um, you know, in my review of uh, Batman Returns, you know, my watch alongs for the, for the Batman Returns and, um, and also talking about the anniversary of Batman Returns is that uh, I enjoyed this movie as a kid. I still enjoy this movie um, Shell Pfeiffer was great as Catwoman, and, uh, and of course, you know, the, the scene, you know, the scenes with, uh, him and Bruce on the couch, with her and Bruce on the couch, and the scene where she licks, uh, his face, you know, it's like, that, <laughs> that gave me a boner as a kid, and it still gives me kind of a boner. <laughs> Man, eh, uh, God, I was so horny as a kid, and... 
also I did a fantasy casting episode for uh, the role of Catwoman and there was a lot of people that were in line for the role of Catwoman. Of course, originally the role was uh, for Annette Bedding. Annette Bedding got the role, but then she revealed to Tim Burton that she was pregnant and thus she wound up leaving the project. And the people that were um, up for the role of Catwoman, there was uh, Winona Ryder, there was Raquel Welsh, Cher, and uh, Madonna. And Madonna was somebody that I would have loved to see uh, as Catwoman. And, and of course, at that time, um, Madonna was starring in movies. And, um, you know, movies were, you know, hit and miss, hit and miss, you know. Um, you know, because, I mean, she was kind of giving getting a reputation of being a bad actress, although she has starred in some good movies. You know, there was Desperately Seeking Susan and uh, League of Their Own. But um, but she was just, um, you know, she, you know, um, you know, people were, were kind of, um, you know, kind of giving her shit about her acting. And, and most of it was, uh, was kind of justified. But... Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, but she was really hot. She was a hot commodity at the time, you know. She was, um, you know, she was the pop princess at this time, and she was getting into movies. And uh, I would have loved to see uh, Madonna as Catwoman. Also, another person I probably would have loved to seen as uh, as Catwoman is uh, Lorraine Bracco, because uh, Lorraine Bracco, she was up for um, she was up for that role, and at that time she was uh, best known for a role in um, Goodfellas. And, and, of course, um, as I mentioned this, um, Tony Sicario, who was who we are best known as, um, as uh, you know, Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos, he was actually in Goodfellas. I don't remember him being in there. I'll have to look at that movie again. Uh, he passed away as well as... Um, legendary actor uh james khan from from the godfather so uh everyone uh, say a prayer for those two but uh yeah i would have loved to see uh lorraine brocco in that um you know in that role as well you know it would have been uh would have been very interesting also would have been very interesting as with uh aneth bedding in that um in the role of cat woman too you know i would have loved to see that so, but nevertheless, uh, Batman Returns is, um, you know, a very good movie. It's dark and, um, you know, is, you know, it's a very good sequel and, you know, you should definitely, uh, definitely watch it. Coming in at number three, Batman The Dark Knight Returns, both, uh, part one and part two. I couldn't, uh... You know, I just had to put both. I had to lump them both in, you know. And uh, I actually have the DVD of, uh, of, you know, of the movie, you know, both movies. And, um, you know, Dark Knight Returns is, you know, definitely follows the, the um, you know, the comic to a T. And, um, and actually, uh, both the movie and the comic book has actually inspired... Um, my script for uh, Batman uh, Night Warriors. Um, you know, of course, there's the scene where uh, Lana 
and um, the other guy, I forget his name, uh, they're having a debate on whether Batman is good for the city or not. And there's actually a scene that I've written in my script about that where they have a debate, although it's a different character's name. And actually, uh, Arthur Reeves, who is best known for um, being in Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and uh, he was he's also in the comics as well. Um, he was in the comics in the 70s. Uh, he's in that that scene as well he's going to be in the movie and um you know they have a debate and stuff of course the debate is hosted by uh lola chang and uh lola chang of course she's the female news reporter in a uh, dark knight return from dark knight returns and she is in that movie and yes she does wear that shirt all this and brains too <laughs> yeah and and also, um, you know, we had some good voice actors, too, uh, for Dark Knight Returns. Uh, we had uh, Conan O'Brien for the David Letterman part. Of course, uh, you know, they don't have the David Letterman wannabe in in that one. Um, you know, it actually looks more like Conan, and so thus they got Conan O'Brien for that one. And Conan O'Brien did a good job for that one. And then for um the role of batman himself it was played by uh peter weller which many of you fans may know him from robocop one and two and robocop is one of my all-time favorite action films actually it's my all-time favorite uh sci-fi movie of all time and also my all-time favorite uh movie from the action movies of the 80s and you know i just think that the 80s was a great time for action films and it really did warm my heart you know uh, knowing that robocop was was playing the voice of batman and of course uh carrie kelly aka robin uh she was played by none other than uh, what's her, uh, what's her name? Uh, I gotta, I gotta look this up here on my Wikipedia. Uh, oh yeah, Ariel, um, Ariel Winter. Yeah, Ariel Winter from, um, Martin Family. And she did a tremendous, um, yeah, she did a tremendous job in that movie as well. And, um... And of course, I'm a huge fan of uh, Martin Family. My, um, well, because like I'm a huge fan of Sofia Vergara, and my brother uh, kind of turned me on to it, and I started, and I was actually binge watching uh, the shows a little bit. I haven't seen uh, much of the of the episodes on Peacock in a in a long time. I got to go back to watching it. But uh, she did a great job as um, as Carrie Kelly, aka robin and um and of course uh we all know the the comic book uh sequel uh the dark knight returns um part two and i really hope that they do a, a sequel to that i really hope that they do a dark knight returns uh two um animated film uh, of course, uh, I haven't read Dark Knight Returns uh, Part 2, you know, but uh, uh, that's something that I should, um, yeah, that's something that I should definitely uh, read. Yeah. 
and of course uh, Lana Lang is also was also played by uh, Paget Brewster from who of course we all best know as uh, Agent Emily Prentice from Criminal Minds and we had uh, playing the role of the of the Joker, Michael Emerson from Persons of Interest, and playing the role of Superman was Mark Valley. Of course, uh, he's known for his role in Boston Legal as well as uh, Harry's Law. And, you know, just a great animated film. I've watched it over a dozens of times. And I've actually watched it with my mom one time for a movie night, and she loved it. So if you love the comic, you'll love the graphic, blah. If you love the graphic novel, you'll love the movie. I mean, I highly recommend you read the graphic novel first before you watch the movie, though. Uh, coming in, at, in now at number two... Batman Gotham Knight. Of course, uh, I did a watch along uh, for that one. Uh, that animated movie takes place um, between uh, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. And, you know, it's a anime uh, film. You know, the, we see six different stories of Batman, you know, by different anime um, creators. And, of course, um, you know, I mean, that movie, you know, is incredible. I mean, I love anime. Anybody who knows me knows I love anime. I love, you know, you know I love Japanese uh, cartoons. And it was just, um, yeah, it was just tremendous. You know, it was just tremendous. You know, I love the different stories, especially the one where, um, the one where it delves into Bruce's uh, past, you know, him going into India, trying to figure out how to, you know, deal with pain. And um, I also like the one with um, with Deadshot as well. Yeah, the one with um, with Deadshot was, was incredible. And uh, other than the Suicide Squad, um, we don't really, we haven't really seen um, uh, Death, you know, Deadshot and uh, used in a Batman movie, and uh, that's something I would like. I would like to see in a live action. Um, yeah, that's something I would love to see in a live action film. I would love to see a, um, you know, a bat. Yeah, I would love to see a uh, Batman live action film with. Um, with Deadshot as uh, the main villain. It doesn't have to necessarily be um, Will Smith. You know, it doesn't have to be Will Smith, though I doubt that uh, they're ever going to ask um, Will Smith to play that role again. But, um, but you know, it still, it just would have been... Um, yeah, it just still would it just It would just be nice to see to see that villain on, on the screen. Again, and Kevin Conroy, of course, uh, he, 
delivers as Batman, you know, I mean, he's always delivered as Batman, whether it's the animated series, whether it's in Batman Return, I mean, Batman Beyond, or, uh, you know, Justice League, I mean, he is the voice of Batman, whenever you read a Batman comic, you know, the first voice that comes to anybody's head is Kevin Conroy, and whenever there's a, a new Batman animated film that's about to be made the first thing people ask is is kevin conroy going to be a part of it and um and he hasn't real he hasn't really done a an animate a batman animated film since then and uh, i'd like to see him come back although i did hear that he is um he is involved in a uh, batman animated series um um in a batman animated series uh podcasts you know with the uh with some of the old cast members like they're doing like new adventures and spoofs and what what have you and i can't wait to see that again you know to hear that again and i also like to see him be part of uh batman cape crusaders as well the the new batman cartoon series that's going to be coming out soon you know i'd love to see that and finally the number one Batman movie of all time on my list. Drum roll, please. Batman, 1989. That, for me, is and always will be my all-time favorite Batman movie. That is the movie that got me into Batman, got me into superheroes, comics, you name it. I mean, that movie still to this day is a masterpiece for me. I mean, I used to watch that movie a lot as a kid. My mom actually got the VHS. I saw it on VHS. I used to watch it over and over and over and over again. And, um, and you know, and I just, I just loved that movie, I never got, I still to this day, I never get tired of that movie, I know all the lines, and, you know, and all the action scenes, and I actually saw it with uh, my friend Prema, who you might know from um, Matt's World, she, um, you know, she watched it with me, and uh, she liked the movie, and she, she hasn't seen Batman Returns, I gotta have her watch uh, Batman Returns, though. But uh, that movie is just uh, awesome. I mean, Jack Nicholson, you know, he blew it out of the water as the Joker. I mean, Heath, Heath Ledger was was great. He won the Oscar. But for me, Jack Nicholson will always be the Joker for me. And, you know, Michael Keaton as Batman, I mean, come on. You know, doesn't disappoint, you know. And... Um, Kim Basinger as uh, Vicky Vale. I mean, she was. Um, I mean, she was tremendous in that one, and it really makes me wish that um, that they had brought her back for the sequel too, because there was a script in um, you know for Batman Returns and where uh, Vicky Vale does return, and unfortunately, we never got that. However. In my Batman movie, uh, there, Vicky Vale is in this movie, and of course, it's not the Vicky Vale of uh, Kim Basinger. Um, you know, the Vicky Vale is a blonde. That's 
based off of um uh Susan James, uh yeah, St. James, uh the um yeah, she was the comic yeah, she's a female love interest of Batman, you know, she was in the comics in the seventies and you know, she was written in one of the earlier scripts for uh you know, for Batman, uh, going back as far as 1982, and then they just decided to make Vicky Vale a blonde, when in reality, uh, Vicky Vale in the comics, uh, you know, the earlier comics in the 30s and the 40s, uh, she's actually a redhead, you know, she was the, um, she is to Batman what, um, uh, Lois Lane is to, uh, to Superman, so in my movie, Vicky Vale is a redhead and i talk more about it in my batman night warriors um episode you know where i talk about my casting and i read a little bit of the script so you know you guys can go check that out for yourselves but um but yeah you know i mean i still love this movie to this day and of course my all-time favorite scene is when uh, batman is in the is in the bat wing and you know he's taking out the bad guys with the missiles and the, and the guns and stuff like that i mean him flying in the bat wing was just awesome even the little things just get to me when he's just flying around and also the part where he goes up to the moon and does the bat signal it's like oh dude yes i mean that and robocop are two of my all-time favorite movies those are the movies that got me into action films and that's why still to this day I love action movies. I mean, I also grew up watching Disney films and what have you. But for me, um, those two movies are my all-time favorite action films of all time. Period. And that, for me, is the number one Batman movie. Batman 89. And I'll do it for the countdown. And before I get out of here... Uh, the next few Sundays, I will not be doing Enter the Batcave because I'll be doing some binge-watching TV, um, for the next few weekends. However, <clears throat> on Thursdays, I will be doing episodes of Enter the Batcave, and for the first Thursday, I will be doing a watch-along for the first two episodes of the 1966 uh, Batman TV series. Yep, I'm going to be doing a watch-along for those two episodes. So uh, make sure that you all tune in for that. And also I got some other episodes that are going to be coming up soon and in the near future, so make sure you all tune in for that one. And that will do it. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And I hope this uh, gets uploaded because I was trying to upload um, for the last two days uh, Matt's World podcast. And I've had some technical difficulties, though I think I solved the problem, hopefully. But uh, hopefully this will, this will get out to the world and uh, you all can enjoy this. And that'll do it. Let me know what you guys think. And until then, this is Matthew Burr saying later.
masturbators.